0: You're listening to two guys talking wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. All right, Michael, I think there's something bothering you. What's on
1: your mind, Andre? I have been stewing on this since Friday. When we're recording this, it is Tuesday, and I it still bugs the shit right out of me.
0: And what is that, Michael?
1: Well, first of all, I'm Michael Pingus from Pinguswinerview.com.
0: I'm Andre Pru from andrewinerview.ca. I will be playing the good cop today.
1: I doubt you will. Okay. I can't see it. And I'm going to blindside you with this topic, but it is a topic that we spoke about on Friday very briefly. And I'm just going to give a little bit of background. On Fridays, we taste at the Vintages Tastings, so we know ahead of time what is going to be on the docket usually two to three weeks ahead the april 1st release is called visionaries innovators and pioneers and in truth it is a world or a global look at some of the visionaries and pioneers of the wine world you have charles smith out of washington you have um, ben Glazer out of uh, australia you have nicholas Catena, argentina uh, Michel Chapoutier out, uh, out of France. You know, you really have a, a, a really good array of Angelo Gaia uh, out of Italy. So a really good array, I think. And then they picked two for Ontario. Now, had you not been at the tasting, I would have asked you who those two would have been, Andre. But you were there. I was so there. the first one, Morita's. In my opinion, a very lazy choice by the LCBO. I would disagree
0: with you on the fact that it's a it's a lazy choice. I mean, the, the wine the, one
1: four four wineries of the year, but it's a very recent winery. We're talking about visionaries, innovators, and pioneers.
0: Well, they've been fairly visionary in their sustainable farming, uh, helping to promote biodynamics in the province as well as
1: um, Southbrook, but, uh, but they weren't they weren't they weren't the first. but anyway, I thought I thought I thought Taz was a lazy choice, but an understandable choice. I know I, I, I know I
0: know where you're going going with this. I'm I gonna think, dis, I I'm think gonna think the di- wines
1: are a very lazy choice uh, for that, to tell you the truth.
0: But here's <laughs> You know what, but but, I, but before before we move on to the, the bee under your bonnet, I'm just gonna say I disagree with you on, on More Taz, but I know that that isn't the bee under your bonnet, and I no. know what you're getting at, and um, I need to issue a retraction to the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> I am no longer going to be the good cop today. Uh, I may get off the f-ing chain.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, this this to me was. Well, I think it's a slap in the face because if we were to ask our listeners or anybody who has been uh, to uh, this particular winery, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now, Shadow to charm, Paul Bosk Senior, and yes, he is deserved of. The visionaries, the innovators, the pioneers. In fact, all three of those monikers definitely describe him to a T. The wine they chose is a Cabernet ice wine. That is not, in my opinion, an iconic wine from that winery.
0: Uh, I would agree with that. I think even if you take a look at our uh, conversation with uh, Paul Sr., we talked a lot about the viticulture and the work that he's done in the province. But if you take a look at all of the podcasts that we've done, uh, especially at our Legacy Series, the only person who really seemed to hammer in and focus on ice wine, and uh, I would definitely connect with ice wine, is Donald Zeraldo.
1: Correct. That is that is your visionary, your pioneer your innovator of ice wine. He brought ice wine to the fore. Paul Boss Sr. is not about ice wine. Look, he makes great ice wine. Chateau de makes great ice wine, but it's not the wine that I would associate Immediately with Shadow to Sean. Well and, and I'm we actually I'm people. actually
0: I'm actually looking at the, the Vintage's catalog in front of me and there's some amazing pictures of the winery and yes they've chosen some shots of the winery in the winter, but they have this beautiful picture of, of Paul and they have the tag the Mad Scientist, which is I'm I'm sure a moniker he'd be very proud of. And when I think about Paul as the mad scientist, I mean, this is a winery that's latched on to their Gamay Duat, which is a clone of Gamay that was literally created by this man and pioneered in Ontario. And we want to talk about, you know, the hybrids and kind of the North American grapes. I mean, Paul has gone out of his way to create a clone of Vinifera that is native to Niagara. Like, they're what, hanging their hat on he that.
1: Held so closely for so long that nobody else was able to use it yes and they choose a cabernet ice wine yes that this this is the this is the ultimate in laziness by the lcbo it is a slap in the face to the ontario wine industry it just to me it shows they really don't give a shit
0: or just the fact that they're maybe not as plugged in and haven't done the time to do their homework which either I, way means I mean can't,
1: i we not believe that that is it how long yeah. have they been around
0: um yeah, when, exactly. Yeah. When Prohibition can't ended. even
1: think of a time without the LCBO. So they're plugged in. They know what they're doing. I really think they, they really don't want to get Ontario's mindset out of ice wine.
0: And I mean, it's really un- unfortunate because, um, I mean, with Chateau de Charmes, especially over the, the last few vintages, um, I can't think of a single bottle in the general list that I wouldn't recommend people buy. The, Look, you know I
1: don't like Chardonnay, but that barrel Ferment Chardonnay, every single year, it's on my best value lists.
0: The current vintage is liquid sex right now, and the review is on my website right now at AndroidWineReview.ca.
1: And only your penis would fit into the bottle.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, we've got to make a small dick joke in the middle of a rant.
1: I've got to take us off the pre- precipice for a bit.
0: <laughs> well, it was interesting because, I mean... Um, there, there are just so many wines, even from this winery, that could be better choices. Like there's sparkling wine that uh, sparkling wine,
1: Aculius
0: Aquilus. I don't know why why we don't see that. And to be perfectly honest, Michael, I, I I don't know about you, but I'm I'm personally guilty of maybe not paying as as close attention to that wine as I should because the the value wines from Chateau de Charm are, are just so damn good.
1: Correct, correct. It is it is their top of the line, but. I mean, the Aculeus is a fantastic bottle of wine. the The 2012 was probably one of the best bottles I had tasted uh, from those um, line, from that line. It's and I, still, like, the so like 60, yeah. if they're making them, they they will be, you know, equally outstanding. I know I have a 10 year old bottle of that in my cellar.
0: Well, I know that that 2012 is still just so tight and closed off. I mean. Um, you want to talk about the ageability of Ontario wine, and it's actually really, I find it fascinating because I've gotten into debates with Michelle Bosque at, at Chateau des Charmes. I've been begging her to put the Gamay that they make into large format just because, uh, I mean, right across the board, I think if you're looking to build a cellar, Chateau de Charmes is a great place to start, whether you're buying some of that barrel-fermented Chardonnay, the Cabernet Franc, their Gamay, or you're going up to their premium offerings and the, the
1: Eculus. Look, look my, the, my tipping wine... Well, a lot of people say, oh, it was your tipping wine that got you into either wine writing or really into wine. was a 1999 uh, Chateau de Charme Cabernet Franc. It oh, No, Cabernet Merlot. It was a Cabernet Merlot. It was just so good, and it just kept getting better and better and better. I, I think I ended up buying a dozen of that, and it was just the estate bottle at the time, you know, the black label. I don't know if you remember the black – just the bl- straight black label, Cabernet Merlot, 99. I just kept buying that stuff. It was like you know 20 bucks, and it was so – damn good and i had i know that i shared my last bottle of that with paul bosk senior well
0: and i actually do remember those labels and it's kind of funny when you look back because i do like the new labels and i like what they've done with the infographic on the back and they found a way to make these wines really easy for the for the average consumer but i look back at those old labels and they look so Vintage. I really wish that they would maybe bring them back, the plain colors with the gold writing or the bronze writing on them.
1: Do you and know who's doing a like a retro label? Who? Vineland. They're bringing back some of their old labels. Really interesting stuff. Then put it this way. They're not really pretty labels, but it is interesting to see them as a retro label. But bringing back to the visionaries, innovators, pioneers, you know, the LCBO I understand they want to sell, you know, um, I- import wines, and that's really where they make their money. Who, who are we all kidding? But they could have done a visionaries, innovators, and pioneers spotlight completely on Ontario. Think about them. I could, You can name probably five off your head. Flat Rock would be a great one. Innovators in, in uh, Gravity Flow Wineries here in Ontario.
0: Uh, Norman Hardy with um, Pioneer for Prince Edward County.
1: Uh, I would say Vineland easily, with that optical sorter they just brought in.
0: Yeah, that's a cool little toy. How about uh, the foreign affair for being pioneers of a pasamento?
1: Southbrook, biodynamic. I think we've hit five. Uh, see, really quickly, we can, we can get to five. You get Cave Springs in there. First winery on the bench, if I'm not mistaken.
0: And, and I know that the, the purpose of these catalogs and um, I mean, the purpose of the vintage's releases is to sell the wines, but I don't think from any of these wineries that we just listed there aren't wines that are either have a cult following or are priced to a point where they won't sell very quickly
1: and it's just it's just they get so lazy when it comes to promoting ontario wine i find it heart-wrenching and disgusting at the same time
0: you know what i think is also just even heartbreaking about this is as much as you and i are shitting on the choice of wine that they they did actually pick is the fact that the wine is still a good wine. It's just not the right wine.
1: But, I mean, it's not the wine that you would think of. If I said to you, all right, ready, I'm going to tell. I'm going to name off a wine. You tell me which wine comes to mind first. And I said, Shadow to Charm, where would ice wine fit into your list? Top ten? No. Nope. No. Not nope. even close. Nope. I don't think it would <laughs> They make so many good wines that ice wine is not the first thing I think about when Shadow to Charm. I think the LCBO gets lazy here.
0: Well, there we go. Anything else you want to add, Michael? Why don't you tell us what you really think?
1: I, 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 I did. In fact, I'm going to write a newsletter about it.
0: Anyways, if you're still listening to this podcast, remember you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can leave a review. I mean, tell us what you really think. we will be more than happy to a, answer that. Tell
1: us who your visionary is, who your pioneer is, who your innovator, who in Ontario speaks to you that made you go yeah ontario really is a great place for wine we'd love to hear some feedback about that anyways i'm andre Prou from andrewinereview.ca and i'm michael pincus from michaelpincuswinereview.com and i'm still seething
0: okay so i'll take care of the last part
1: good night thanks for listening please subscribe to two guys talking wine on
0: itunes